0: It's a time of year when my clients turn to, I really want to think about my goals, but right now I'm thinking about RDI and and school, like how does school fit into my life? Should I make any new decisions? I have questions of uh, should I homeschool? Should I go to a private school? <laughs> should I go halftime school? These are just such racking emotionally speaking decisions for my parents
1: and I think it and I think as consultants it is for us too because we can't predict the future and part of the anxiety and tension we feel is that anxiety and tension about what's going to happen who is this teacher will something come up that I'm not prepared for do I need an IEP or do I not need an IEP And if I get an IEP, then is it going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in the classroom? The teacher says, oh, I have a child with this diagnosis. I'll treat my child this, I'll treat the child this way. Or is the teacher going to say, wow, I know a lot about that. So I'm going to make sure that the environment works for this child. And all of those things come to play. The hard thing is that the predictive ability uh, Is not there?
0: You don't have enough information to feel settled. There's that unsettling
1: I find for my parents. And when parents think about the wide variety of things, especially you know here in the states, the the, the great number of things that they can do, they want the best choice. But in the end, it's interesting because we talk about gray. Area of thinking. And that gray area thinking really comes to play here because we don't know. We can only do, we can only make an educated guess. We can pull all of the information together, much as we're teaching our children to do, and then go with the best guess. I encourage
0: my parents to be dynamic in their thinking. RDI has really helped me with this over the years. That you're making the best decision you can now but to try to be flexible in your head from month to month what do you think about that
1: yes and I think uh, that fits in nicely to how I'm considering the gray area thinking because you'll have a plan A but I think that you also want a plan B and a plan C and I think sometimes the plan C should be a plan A <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard to sequence it and prioritize. But um, you know, sometimes people will say, "I really feel my child would do better at homeschooling, but I just can't do it." So that's my plan C, and that's fine. I mean, if you can't do it, don't do it. It's going to be worse than. <laughs> a bad teacher in the classroom. But sometimes, when people think about the options that they have, they don't think them through enough to know exactly what that option means. And so, for for example, with something like homeschooling, for someone who's never done it, they will be thinking, okay, my child's in school six and a half hours a day, seven hours a day. That means seven hours a day i'll be teaching my child that sounds awful actually that's not what homeschooling is like homeschooling is a, a very targeted way to get in the educational material in probably a third or a fourth of the time that it takes in public school we've given in public school a lot of what happens is children are doing lack of better term busy work while the teacher is teaching to the um, the uh, teaching the, the other children appropriately so by thinking something like that through and understanding what that means and that maybe you can just hire someone else to do it it broadens it broadens your ability to make a good choice and I only use homeschooling because I feel like it has worked for a lot of our parents, but it's also not worked for a lot of parents, and um, partly for the reasons I just I just mentioned.
0: Well, and, and knowing it is one of the choices, but that there are more choices than there may seem to be, and I found that just doing doing searching, looking uh seeking out information is one of the most valuable things parents can do because there's some there are some private schools that are open to uh part-time homeschooling part-time uh going to school. I mean they're they're out there. It just takes the the seeking, if you will, the looking, not not just thinking I've only got well, you said plan C, but not just only thinking I've got A or B and that's it. There are no other choices.
1: I think another thing that's really important about an educational decision is that you think about the quality of what you want to have happen and not the quantity. Um, If you're going to, if you're uh, going to have an IEP for your child, a lot of times there's a checklist. The child has an autism spectrum disorder. We're going to do Bum, 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 bum. And they have six things lined up. Yeah. And they say, this is what we're going to offer you. But maybe your child doesn't need a shadow in the classroom. And if your child does need that shadow in the classroom, the question you have to ask is, how are you going to get rid of it? How are you, How is that person going to help your child be independent by working him or herself out of a job, not into a job? So the quality of what you want is important. I like public school a lot, and one reason I like public school is that legally they have to educate your child, and all of these other places out there, which may have, you know, um, great ideas or be inclusive or do any number of things, by law they don't have to educate your child. And you know, the thinking is, man, they caught cost, it costs so much. I know that they will do a good job for my child, but not necessarily, uh, because by law, they can make that choice. One of the things that
0: struck me about what you said was, you know, you have a, a checklist, and then that's not the end of it you should be asking why and how and when and I think parents are hesitant to ask questions it's one of the things I really talk to moms and dads about it's okay to ask questions and if the person you're asking isn't acting like it's okay it's still okay
1: and that ability to formulate questions sometimes happens before you go into an IEP meeting and so I think it's important for parents to go into an IEP, realizing that this is a legal document they're creating, and that they have to know what's best for their child, how they want what they want that to look like, and to go in with that in mind, rather than to re- simply respond to what's available in the school. A good example of that is speech therapy, and a lot of times uh, parents whose children don't need speech therapy at all will be given speech therapy and the speech therapist who by the way i love speech therapists will come in the room with four or five kids and do a half hour or the kids will go out and it's really not about communication at that point it's really about speech therapy Mm. and so if you're going if a parent has been offered speech therapy they really need to be uh, writing into the ip qualitatively other than quantitatively what does that look like is it going to look at communication rather than the acquisition of language so
0: sometimes you find yourself with your child in a situation that you start to recognize school-wise is not the right fit mm-hmm. but deciding to change is such an ordeal for parents I'm not sure if it's because it's disrupting the, the boat we so are on this boat and it's a leaky boat, but it's still on top of the water. And I'm afraid to change because I don't know what's going to happen on this other boat.
1: You know, that fear of the unknown is something that we all hate. You know, we, we hate it um, for our children in school, but we hate it for ourselves as well. And so you magnify that fear and dislike of the unknown and change as well. You magnify that by having this wonderful human being who trusts you to make the best decision for him or her. And what you think about is, I can do my best, but what if my best is wrong? Mm. Or it takes us down a path that where the boat is even leakier, or they just give us some kind of a life vest and say, don't take it off. Mm. <laughs> it's
0: scary. It's scary because When you really think about it, and I remember going through this, your your child is at school for a fairly significant amount of time during their lifetime. So you want that time to be really spent well because time is such a resource for us. It's not that you want every minute to be, you know, because we know that's unhealthy, but it's that overall thought. And I know as a mom, when you start thinking about that, and sometimes I've seen Dr. Sheely, parents just not think about it. They just go, I just can't think about it. So it's kind of the opposite. But either way, I see this turmoil.
1: I see the turmoil as well. And I think the turmoil becomes um, even more magnified when you have a child who can't express or use their memory to tell you what's going on. It doesn't Mean that they don't remember what happens, but they don't know how to formulate that into information for you that you can use later. And so it becomes really imperative to be in touch with the, with the teacher in the classroom. And I really, uh, I really, um, suggest to my parents that they form a working relationship with that teacher. And by that, I don't mean, if you don't do this, let me tell you what's gonna happen. But I'm here to make this work for my child and for you. And so, whatever it takes, I want you to know that I'm here to make that happen. Going in with an attitude like that helps that teacher feel not on the spot, but supported And more likely to say to you I don't know what happened today but maybe you can help me figure this out and what a wonderful what a wonderful relationship to have where you can where you can really get on the same page and you know that nobody will love your child like you do but you've got a teacher that cares about your child
0: well, I have so many teachers in my family, and I was uh, I was giggling to myself when you were saying you love public school because they're all public school teachers. So uh, I'm going to be one of the first people to say uh, yes <laughs> to, to teachers. But I also can tell you, and I also have many friends who are teachers, and that they value the input of parents and one of their heartbreaks is when parents aren't involved because most teachers know either intuitively or for experience or both that the involvement of parents uh, is key to their child's future so they want that relationship you're talking about.
1: I think they do. Um, I was a public school teacher also so when I say I love public school i'm coming from that same place i taught public school for almost 10 years and um, i really loved it and i have to say that whether your child has a diagnosis or not teachers notice when parents are coming in and saying what can i do to help you what do i need to be doing at home to make sure my child is prepared to graduate second grade strong Well, I think
0: I love your perspective as a teacher and a parent. Um, You have two lovely daughters. I I think parents, and I find this in parents, whether the children are typically developing or not, feel they'll be intruding, that it's an intrusive thing. You do have have parents um, who take a more um, direct role, we're almost telling the teacher what to do, and I always caution against that. I always say, again, I have teachers in my family. The classroom is their classroom, I mean, they have to be responsible for their classroom, but uh, they, you know, your experience as a teacher really sings out to me, telling parents, it's okay to form that relationship with you.
1: Yeah, and it's important to form. And I'm also thinking about some of the um, options uh, that are available to parents here in Houston. I really don't know what's available around the world. But in Houston, uh, there are some schools where they actually, their mission is to help the child become an independent learner. And so what what they do is they make sure that every child is positioned where that child needs to be. So just because you're in the eighth grade doesn't mean you're going to be doing geometry. You're going to be doing what you need to do to become an independent learner and the way they chart that is if the child can get most of the homework done during the school day and take home a half hour to 45 minutes at night now think about that how many parents Catherine have you and I spoken with where they say all I do is homework I spend three this is not an exaggeration three To four hours a night doing homework with my child yes and what it means is that the child isn't being taught during the day and is going home and the parent is doing all of that teaching because the child just doesn't know what it what it is that's one of those situations where I say to the parent you know for an hour and a half a day you could homeschool Mm -hmm. and then you could do whatever you want you could go ice skating at the Galleria
0: well really you are homeschooling if it's three to four
1: four hours yeah and it's yeah. not and it's not efficient because you're teaching something that your child is not cognitively ready for so you're pushing information in a static way that is not developing thinking it's getting through the homework one of the things
0: I wanted to do, and I think this is a nice segue from what you're talking about, is just encourage parents that it's okay, if you have all the choices you have. It's good to shake yourself out of the static, even if you've been in a certain situation. It's not working for you. It's not working for your child. You don't need anybody's permission to make a change. Uh, it's it's. Some people make you feel like you need permission, unfortunately, but you have to, you talk so much about noise and sometimes parents are hearing the noise of one or two individuals who say, don't rock the boat. And I say, if you need to rock the boat to keep it from leaking, then you need to rock it, right?
1: Yeah, there, there seem to be extremes. Don't rock the boat or hire an attorney. <laughs> and somewhere somewhere in the middle of that uh, is a way to work with the teacher and probably the school district
0: finally a lot of my parents this time of year talked to me about RDI and how do I my child goes to school I know that goals aren't being not only not targeted but sometimes feel that things are being worked against and then how do I fit in time with my child around the school paradigm which I do think homeschooling can really help with that but as we say it's not for everyone what do you tell parents
1: well and also um, you know even even the example I gave of a school where they're helping the children become independent with the schoolwork doesn't mean they're helping the children become good thinkers and the whole point of RDI is that we want our children to become independent and the way they're going to become independent is by learning to think and to use their brains in the way that they need to be used so i i guess that parents what we have to realize is that education is what it is and i can't speak to education around the world i can speak to education in texas which has become very standardized test oriented. And so you used to have, wow, well, I had a great year last year with my child's third grade teacher. They just, they explored this and the way they would, they did this project and they had little group things and it was like an amazing year. You don't see that anymore because the teachers are held accountable for those Texas state standardized scores. So parents have to realize that they may have only a certain amount of time every day when they can actually work on developing their child's mind. It's not just children on the spectrum or children with developmental differences or ADHD. This is the, this is the state of education. And I think it it
0: takes us as parents being mindful about that state
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and Understanding that we're going to have to still have that space and time to guide. It's so important. Yeah. And we, and we in some sense have to fight for that time, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an, ex- August is an exciting time. Kids get very excited about, you know, buying their school clothes and getting all their school supplies. <laughs> and so to build on that excitement and to make sure that as best you can, You position your child to be involved in a year of growth. And part of that growth, particularly for a child on the spectrum, is going to occur outside the public, private school setting.